This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, woof, rebounding time. Uh, woof might not be strong enough a word for how bad that rebounding was time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. West Rucker, Grant Ramey, coming to you courtside here from Thompson Bowling Arena, recording this uh, I guess we could still say late on a Tuesday evening, not quite Wednesday morning yet, but regardless, we're going to drop this on a Wednesday morning, so hope you're having a, a good Wednesday morning out there, unless, of course, it's Wednesday afternoon, evening, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be later than that because uh, I don't think you're really going to want to talk much more about this game than you have to, uh, but that's what we're going to do right here. So regardless of what you're doing, we're glad that you're spending part of your day with us here on Go Vols 24-7. Grant, Tennessee 58, Texas A&M 63. Uh, We'll have plenty to talk about from this game, but here's the stat that you need to know. And we're going to talk about Barnes and Mike Nance and that bump and officiating and those other things. But I think it's weird for me to say I don't really want to talk about officials first because I think that everyone knows that's kind of my thing. I've kind of been banging that drum for a decade plus now, uh, almost a couple decades at this point. But 46-21. That was the rebounding difference in this game, and I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like that between two SEC teams. I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure Elias Sports Bureau could come up with ten times it's happened in the past decade. Uh, But for me, uh, it's been a while since I remember seeing anything like this. And with this Tennessee team, especially going against an A&M team that's not one of the league's best rebounding teams, uh, that was absolutely shocking. Strangely, I believe on Saturday, Alabama got out-rebounded 22-3 on the offensive glass by Kansas State uh, and found a way to win that game. And that's this one, for me, even crazier than the 46-21 number is Texas A&M having 23 offensive rebounds to Tennessee's four, Texas A&M having 23 offensive rebounds to Tennessee's 21 total rebounds. Uh, that is, I mean, to, to go from kind of the level of basketball they played Saturday at Kansas in that environment against a team as skilled as Kansas is and, you know, as talented, as deep as they are, uh, as as big as, you know, Adoka Azubuki is in the post, and to come back and to just get out toughed like that, to get out hustled, to get out rebounded, to get out everything in a game that, I mean, it's it's January. Well, you know, you can you can try not to overreact if you want to, but that's a must win. You got to beat the number one sixty nine team in Ken Palm when you have trips to Mississippi State and Alabama coming up. When you have the next home game is Kentucky. When over the last month of the schedule you have home and homes with Kentucky, Auburn, and Arkansas, three of the best teams in the league. When you still have a trip to South Carolina, when you still have a home game in Florida, you got to take advantage of the games that are in front of you right now. And that was Texas A and M. 
it wasn't going to do a ton for their resume, but it was going to be a win. And, and now that it's a loss, it kills your resume. It really hurts you at this point in the season if you're ever going to try to build any momentum and string some wins together. And that's the one thing we've learned about this team uh, over and over and over again is the only consistency is the inconsistency. And you can blame it on the personnel changes throughout the year. Uh, now they're kind of settled on this group, and it's still kind of the same thing. You don't know what you're going to get night in and night out. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, this is going to be one of those games that I, I think when you look at Tennessee's schedule and when you factor in who was available when, what the situation was at the time, the one thing I could say about this team coming into this game, I don't know that it had a really bad loss on the resume. I don't know that it had one that just kind of stands out at you and you go, ugh. This was an uh, loss. This was not – maybe if you go to College Station and you lose a game like this, you go, hey, man, that happens. It's not cool, but, you know, go win a couple road games and, and you can overcome that. This is one of those things that's just going to be an absolute skid mark on the resume. It's not going to look good. And now if you're Tennessee, whatever this, uh, this number of big wins that you had to have, add one or two to it just based off of this loss right here. I don't think that it – it, it doesn't completely eliminate the possibility of this team doing something good in the long run. There's plenty of basketball to play, and college basketball in general is kind of a crap show this year anyway. There's a lot of mediocrity. I think it's going to be a really fun NCAA tournament uh, because just about anybody who gets in the thing has a chance to make a run because it's one of those kind of years. But you have to get in the thing in order to make a run in the thing. And, and right now, Tennessee is decidedly, demonstrably on the outside looking in uh, and has a lot of work to do to even get back on the fringe of the bubble. Uh, that's, that's where this thing is right now. Uh, so there's plenty to talk about. What we're going to do first here is instead of going to break first, we're going to step away for just a second because we're going to bring you some interviews. We're going to we're going to hear from Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes, uh, and then we'll come back really quickly, and then you'll hear from John Fulkerson, Tennessee's junior forward, and then after that you'll hear a quick interview with Tennessee senior guard Jordan Bowden, uh, and then after all of that uh, we will go to break. But first we're going to hear uh, from Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes, who had some interesting things to talk about, including one thing we're definitely going to talk about in the second segment. But uh, without further ado, here is Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes. It's, it's pretty simple. When you give up 23 offensive rebounds and you only get three yourself, there's really – I'm not sure you deserve to win the game, and that's what I told our guys. But uh, the fact is, uh, you know, we guarded the way we needed to. We just didn't rebound uh, – Disappointing in, in a lot of different areas, and uh, but the fact is, you know, they at the end when we needed to get uh, come up with some rebounds, we weren't able to do it throughout. I mean, again, three offensive rebounds is not what you need, and we were going. I thought we got off to a good start, then we had some couple turnovers that turned the momentum early in the game, and then we even came back out, took the lead, and again, simple things, uh, but mostly offensive rebounding that we couldn't come up with. Uh, to finish the finish the defensive possession. Rob and Mike, coaches. I mean, as, as a guy who values toughness and talks about it so much, I mean, how, how galling is it to see that happen? It's tough. It really is. It really is tough, especially when you feel like, again, we we, we feel like we we were making strides forwards because we went up against a, a team, number three ranked team in the country on their court, and fought them and did all those little things, and then to come back and not do that is uh, it's disappointing. Yeah, on that note, I mean, you felt like this team was really going in the right direction. So were you surprised with the way that everything came out today? 
I, I really, I, I was surprised in a lot of things, but I was surprised in the fact that we didn't rebound the way we needed to and the way what we needed from everybody, and just disappointed. Again, I, you go back and look, our, our post guys should have gotten the ball more. Our guards, uh, when, when he had a little pressure, instead of continuing to work, when we did that, we got the ball where we wanted. You know, Folk and Eve had a pretty good shooting percentage, but we just again saddled too much and. and uh, we got to put ourselves up against the clock too much because we weren't pushing the ball the way we need to. And but um, the rebound, yeah, is really disappointing. That might be the call I wanted. <laughs> All right. Can you discuss? There's a video circulating of an official, I guess, Stamps walking to the monitor and kind of bumping you on the way by. What was what happened there? You know. Coach Knight told me a long time ago in a game, he, he told me that officials are going to miss seven to nine, 10, 11, 12 calls. He kept going up every year. He says, you just hope things aren't egregious at any point in time. But uh, you know what? I, I really have a lot of confidence in the SEC office that they're going to look at that. And I believe they'll look at this game and, and take it apart. And uh, because again, I, I just, I think they'll do that. And uh, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen in any way, shape, or form. But uh, I like to say what I want to say, but I won't because, again, I just trust the SEC office will do the right thing. You know, early, again, we wanted to make more. Uh, and again, we probably should have played. I mean, I look back right now and say we could have played more, rebounded more. But when we were struggling to score like that, like we were, and you know, we felt like we had to keep some guys out there that that we had to uh, not put them in a situation where you couldn't have success. But uh, we just got it. We, we need. I thought Olivier did okay. I really do. But we just we're going to have to figure out how to. And our guards are going to have to do it. A couple of those, you know, our post guys came over and and tried to make some plays on the ball, and our guards have to come in and rebound the ball. And and I know a couple of times like that didn't happen. Troy, you mentioned it a little earlier, but can you explain why guys settled? I can't because uh, I can't explain it now. I really can't because we, that's all we've talked about for the last couple games. And uh, and because that's what they hope. They hope you shoot it and shoot it often. And and uh, But I really can't explain it because as much as we've talked about it, we felt like our guys had understood that. And you go back in the first half and we ran some things, the stuff that we run, the, the, cutter, the, the ball should have gone where it needed to go and our guards didn't deliver it. Yeah, I think I think that, but I think he's going to have to play at a quicker pace. I think you know he's going to have to get the ball down the floor quicker, and people are going to continue to pressure him until he proves he'll, he's he's willing to do that. What does your have to do to earn your trust? Is it is he still reaching? Is it something else? Defensively, that he's going to he's going to be a, he's going to go in and create some things, rebound the ball, and all we need all we need he and Olivier to do right now are defend the way we want him to defend, rebound the ball, and be able to at his size he's got to be a fix it guy. That when things do break down, he's got to go make a play on the ball. Two more, Scott. Well, again, he took a couple tonight that he shouldn't have, that he had a chance to drive the ball again. And, I mean, you look when he starts to drive the ball, it adds so much more to his game. Like, he came out early, and 
again, the floor's wide open. He raised up behind the screen, but uh, that one he definitely should have driven the ball. And you know, we need you need to get to the foul line. You know, we're we're a pretty good shooting free throw, pretty good free throw shooting team when we get there normally, but. Uh, we still, again, when a team is packed in there like that, you've got to get them into rotation, keep them in rotation. So if nothing else, you can get to get to some offensive boards, and we didn't do that. Rick, I know that you say that y'all kind of look over games and you struggle not the same no matter what. But, but when you're watching and breaking that stuff down, and you just kind of see your team being outfought, is that the toughest well, thing? Tonight, tonight, again, I. That's what I felt throughout the game, and that's what's disappointing. Again, whether you say out tough, out fault, you can put any word you want to put on it. You know, the fact is, again, the rebounding discrepancy, I think, tells you all you need to know. And, again, and I'm not sure there's a – I've already looked at some clips of it, and I could tell you, you know, I, I think, again, I better stop with it. But the fact is we didn't do what we needed to do. That's, that's the bottom line on the boards. All right, thank you, Coach. All right, thank you, that was Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes talking about this uh, Tuesday night. Uh, I guess we can call it. I think the official word is craptastic. 63 to 58 loss to the Texas A&M Aggies, uh, who, by the way, do have a fabulous first year coach in Buzz Williams, a guy who has gotten a lot out of that team and he's always been a good coach and I think he's going to do good things with that program uh, but but this was a game Tennessee had to win and it didn't and Rick Barnes talked about some of the reasons why that happened uh, right now we're going to step away again you're going to hear from Tennessee junior forward John Fulkerson uh, one of the few Vols who I think played a pretty decent game uh, in, in this game I don't think he was great uh, certainly but I think he was pretty solid uh, and compared to the rest of the team I, I think he was pretty darn good so uh, here's a I don't know maybe about five or six minutes or so with Tennessee junior forward John Fulkerson. It's not who we are. Um, were you aware during the game that you were getting dominated? Uh, yeah, and especially at halftime, you know, we, we, that's what we talked about was uh, rebound, especially offensively, because um, we had them shooting a, a bad, a good percentage for us, so, so they were not shooting well and so well. But then really kind of their offense just turned to just get on the glass and then just try to go rebound it. Why the discrepancy in rebounds? Is that is that an effort stat? Was it positioning? You're not blocking out? What, what led to that? Um, I mean, I think it's all of the above um, for tonight. I mean, effort, they were getting position, shots, um, were, uh, rebounds were falling to them. I feel like it was, it was a com combination of everything. Surprise and disappointing after how good you guys seem to feel after a lot of things at Kansas? Yes. Um, I think it goes as playing to your level of competition. You know, we were all very hyped up and very locked in, um, like we should have been for the Kansas game. And then, But we should be like the every game, um, you know, whether it's Jacksonville State, Texas A&M, Kansas, you know, on the road at home. We should have the same mindset going into every game, um, the same game plan for the most part, you know, just very locked in and focused and, and really um, focused on doing your job. And so I think um, that's something that, that we got to fix ourselves is just being locked in on our on ourselves intensity basketball and not worrying about our opponent, um, whether they're number one in the nation or haven't won a game. We still got to... Um, come in with with a mindset of um, we're going to do what we practice, we're going to run our offense, and we're going to get the shots that we want to take, we're going to play defense like we want to play defense. Um, so I think I think that that's, that's on us for sure. Um, 
because I feel like the coaches put us in a position to win every game um, and in a great position to win. And so uh, I think that's on us, you know, playing down to our competition or playing up to our competition. Um, that's on us. What would you learn from your impromptu session with Buzz Williams Walker? Um, I think that he really looks at a lot of stats, you know, um, like what he was talking about, I've never really heard about. He, like, PER or something like that. So um, I guess what he was talking about is kind of getting his opponents and his um, teams, his the teams that he's playing to, to do stuff that they're not good at. And so uh, I guess he looks at those ratings and efficiency charts and stuff to, uh, you know, if they're bad at shooting threes, he's going to make him shoot threes. If they're bad at free throws, foul him. So... Um, I never really heard of that or looked at it, so, uh, yeah. Did you sense a different intensity between this game and the Kansas game? <clears throat> um, I think so. Um, like I said, I think we were, just because we were playing at Kansas, college game day was there. Um, they were ranked number three. I think that we were the most locked in the most mentally ready, physically ready that maybe that we've been all season, and that cannot be the case um, if, if we want to get where we're going. And so, uh, and then I feel like you know we got Texas A&M coming in here. We got to approach it the same. Like we, like I said, we can't we can't base on base our play on our opponents. You know. How does a team learn to maintain a good mindset every game and not fluctuate? Um. That's a good question. I think it comes with maturity, experience, um, and a mindset, really. Um, you just got to have that mindset that you're coming into every game, um, you know, like it's your last. Um, and just doing what we practice and uh, just trying to just focus on yourselves and do what you do and do what you do in practice. So I think it's, it's a lot of a mindset and uh, preparation. John, as much as it is disappointing that it was happening, is it more disappointing that you know y'all saw it happening during the game and weren't able to stop it? Um, I mean, yeah, it, it, it was disappointing. Um, I, we haven't watched the film yet, but um, I'm not sure how, how much we did actually fight on the class. Um, I'd like to say we did put up some fight, um, but um, like I said, I haven't watched it yet, but uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely disappointing um, to know we got out-rebounded that much and gave up so many offensive rebounds. So um, I imagine that was talked about during timeouts and things, right? I mean, that, that the numbers were what they were. That, that had to be something that was brought up a lot. Is that, you know, is that kind of weird that y'all didn't kind of flip that switch at all? Um, yes, definitely. Because, um, I mean, even at halftime, we knew they were getting offensive rebounds, so we should have stopped it. Um, but we just... I feel like we just didn't have that fight or that intensity and I um, like we should have. What can you do to help Garosh and Olivier kind of settle into the defense and the rebounding that the coach is asking for them? Um, I, th I actually think I need to do a better job at, at that. Um, I think that I can, I need to, you know, talk to them more one on one or talk to both of them at the same time because um, we're going to need them. Um, it's a long season, and uh, we're going to need them to, to give us, come in and give us good minutes. And, you know, some games they might play two minutes, some games they might play 32 minutes. And so I think um, 
I think um, that's actually something I need to do is uh, definitely being a veteran guy being here and because, uh, you know, Grant and Admiral and Kyle, they, they kind of showed me the ropes, um, you know, as I was coming up. And so uh, I think that's on me um, that I need to show them, you know, and tell them, you know, that we're going to need them and, and just maybe some things that will help them on the court. When you and Eve are shooting the ball as well as you are tonight, how much do you all kind of have to shoulder demanding the basketball down low and not letting the offense settle for so many jump shots outside? Um, I think I think it just all comes throughout our offense, you know. Um, like we, we have a lot of plays that are, are meant to go inside, and uh, I think we've got to execute our offense. That was Tennessee junior forward John Fulkerson, the incredible Fulk himself, talking about Tennessee's 63-58 to loss to Texas A&M. Uh, one more quick interview, guys. We're going to hear from Tennessee senior guard Jordan Bowden, who did in this game, let's see, what did Bowden have? Uh, Bowden had, I believe, 13 points, uh, three rebounds, three assists, only one turnover, had some nice play there in the second half that, that did some good things. Uh, but overall, uh, not his best performance, certainly. So there's plenty to talk about here. And, and here's a quick interview with Tennessee senior guard Jordan Bowden. Tennessee, do you ever remember getting out-rebounded like that by an opponent? Uh, no, I don't, I don't know another game that really comes to mind, but tonight was a night that, you know, we shouldn't allow, you know, the many rebounds on the floor. So, um, you know, we got, we got out tough, simple as that. Was, was part of it also positioning? Uh, they kind of, you know, had us scrambling a lot, so it was kind of be, you know, hard to, you know, find somebody. But, you know, we just got to be tough. Jordan, is it, is it surprising that? I mean, I'm sure y'all were told not kind of at halftime and during the game that the numbers were what they were. Does that make it surprising that y'all didn't kind of flip that switch late and start getting some more boards? Yeah, it was kind of tough, you know, to do that at the end of the game, you know. So, but we just got to be tough, man. We got, we got simple as that. We just got, we just got out tough. Jordan, y'all been so good the last three games at getting to the basket, and settled for a lot of jump shots. Today. Can you explain why y'all kind of went back to that style of offense? Yeah, we, you know, our game plan is just you know playing inside out, whether that's you know feed the post or driving the ball. So I feel like we gotta you know we kind of settled a little bit you know first half, and you know we just gotta continue to get back to that. Do you think there was a lot more intensity when you Two played more. Kansas than there was tonight? Uh, probably so. I probably think you know we. We looked at Kansas and it was like, you know, they're number three in the country, so we got to play tough. So, you know, coming back home, we should have that same mindset. And, you know, we didn't have it tonight. Is there ever a moment where you realize we're shooting a lot of threes? And is there anything you can do yeah, in you that can, moment? Yeah, you can tell when you settle in a lot and when you need to, you know, drive the ball or get it to the post. So, um, you know, we just got to continue to execute. Is there anything in basketball more disappointing than the other team just playing harder? Uh, it sucks. Um, it sucks. You know, we don't. You don't. You never want somebody out tough. You and you know, on the film, it's going. It's going to look bad. But you know, we just got to learn from it and get ready for the next game. How often do you think that's happened this year, where the opponent out toughed you? So what? How often do you think it's happened this year, where the opponent has out toughed you? The only game, you know, I I probably say it was probably at Georgia. You know, we got out toughed at Georgia. So, you know, it's another game we got out tough. So it's we just got to you know lock in and you know get ready. That was Tennessee senior guard Jordan Bowden talking about the 63-58 to loss the Tennessee Volunteers had to the Texas A&M Aggies on Tuesday night here at Thompson Bowling Arena. And now that we've heard all those interviews, guys, we're going to step away, pay some bills, listen to some good old products and services and in-house ads and all those other fun things. Uh, and then we're going to come back here to Thompson Bowling Arena, and you'll hear a little bit more from me, a little bit more from Grant Ramey about this, uh, this, this really, really, 
really tough night for Tennessee basketball. So there's plenty to discuss, but before that, uh, we're going to go pay some bills. Hashtag ad. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you may or may not have heard just a second ago during that break. As always, you're not morally, ethically, uh, contractually, spiritually obligated in any way, shape, or form to listen to those commercials, but we appreciate the people who do that. That helps us at CBS Sports. That helps us at 24-7 Sports. Helps us at GoVols 24-7. And who knows, it might even help you. Because we don't know yet what these products and services are, Grant. I mean, th- th- they could be anything. Uh, because we're not we're not reading our, our own ads yet. We're probably going to do that at some point when we get all that organized. Right now, we're just kind of letting the uh, the mothership handle that. So, um, but whatever product or service or in-house ad that was, I think we can all agree it was really great. It was a great ad. Uh, in fact, it was uh, just a little bit better than Tennessee basketball was Tuesday night. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. Uh, there were a lot of things. Uh, I went to the dentist for an hour and a half earlier on this day and that was a more pleasant experience than watching that basketball game that we just saw Tennessee 58 Texas A&M 63 uh, Tennessee led for uh, a majority of the game you know A&M only led for seven and a half minutes of that game Tennessee led for more than 28 minutes led for almost the entire first half there until the final minute uh, and then quickly went back ahead by a couple possessions in the second half and, and really I, I thought um, controlled a lot of the second half you know didn't play the way they needed to play. They they let A&M hang around. They gave them too many second chance points. They gave them too many turnovers. They just did a lot of things that prevented them from kind of putting their foot down on that game. And I think I said, tweeted with about halfway through the second half, I said, if Tennessee doesn't start keeping A&M off the boards, this is going to be a much tougher game than it should be. Uh, and the this was the one time of month where I was correct, apparently. Uh, that's what happened. Uh, as Grant pointed to in the first segment there, A&M had 23 offensive rebounds. Tennessee had 21 total offensive rebounds and, and only four offensive rebounds in the game. Tennessee only had three second-chance points. So, Grant, I, I don't know why that happened. Uh, the way it did, um, you know, maybe Tennessee, hey, four of those five starters played at least 35 minutes, maybe fatigue to some extent set it in the second half. I don't really know. Tennessee only played uh, really two guys off the bench. Jalen Johnson played uh, 22 minutes off the bench. Uh, Olivier Kamwa played nine minutes off the bench. And uh, Urosh Plasic played a little bit less than two minutes uh, off the bench. Um, and it's not like A&M rode its bench really hard. It had, you know, let's see here, 22, 25, 45, about 50 minutes or so from its bench. So a little bit more usual uh, there. But but I don't know if 
I don't know how you're supposed to handle it after Tennessee because maybe some fresh legs out there will give you a better chance. But if these are guys that you don't trust to go in there and get rebounds, it's not like uh, Ticket Gaines is a great rebounder. It's not like uh, Drew Pember at this point in his career is a great rebounder. He kind of gets overpowered the way Fulkerson does at times. Um, and and Plavsic, despite his size, has not been a great rebounder with a few minutes he's been out there. So I don't know if that's one thing to look at. Um, but I think overall it's just – it's got to be an effort thing, right? I mean, effort, focus, I don't know what it is, but you, you can't blame bad breaks on 46-21. You can't blame bad bounces or tough calls. You have to look in the mirror, don't you? For sure. I mean, when, when, when that happens, you deserve to lose. It doesn't matter who you're playing, what's going on uh, that night, what the officiating is, what the bench looks like, who's doing what. If you can't do better than 46-21 on the glass and 23-4 to on the offensive glass, you deserve to get it. You deserve to get beat a lot more than by five points. And I mean, you you look at it. What did a And M shoot from the field? Thirty percent, something like that. Tennessee shot something like forty six percent from the field, and they deserve to get beat because of that rebounding effort. And yeah, it's it's definitely as a if you're a Tennessee fan watching that game, you're wondering why is that seven footer on the bench that just got cleared a couple of weeks ago playing two minutes in a game where you're getting dominated so badly on the boards, uh, or Olivia Kemwa who played what? five minutes, something, very, very little, maybe nine minutes, uh, and and the rest of the bench. But, I mean, the way Rick explained it after the game, when you're struggling to score the way they were struggling to score, uh, you need your offensive players on, on the floor. And right now they're asking Olivier and, and Euros to play defense and rebound. And, frankly, they're not really doing that that well or that consistently, at least, uh, to stay on the floor. But, you know, regardless of whatever happens, you, you, you deserve to get beat down on your home floor by a very average team, even a, a very average rebounding team. Their, their rebounding numbers are not very spectacular at all. They got beaten in the Big 12 Challenge. Saturday at home against Oklahoma State, if I'm not mistaken, a, a game that Buzz said uh, after this one that they didn't have a lot of competitive fire in a home game. Uh, and, and Tennessee obviously did what it did at Kansas and, and played one of its better games of the year. And, and they, you know, the two teams meet here and they kind of switch roles. So. Uh, if you're trying to figure out the Tennessee basketball team, good luck. Uh, get in line, take a number. Uh, that's what we've been doing for months now, uh, and it's really hard to do, and it gets harder with each passing day. And uh, with this schedule coming up, you know, the way college basketball is, you're probably going to steal one of those, and you're going to look back at this game, and it's going to look even worse because you stole a game down the road that you probably shouldn't have won, uh, and it would have looked a lot better if you'd taken care of business in a game like this. Yeah, you, you know – it's maybe just a tiny bit too early to start trying to speculate that because I, I tell people all the time that when you try to talk about the bubble, people will look at it now and say, if Tennessee's got X amount of games left, how many games does Tennessee have to win in order to make that happen? And what I tell people all the time is that until you start getting into that final couple of weeks, it's you, you can't really put Tennessee in a vacuum because you don't know, is this going to be a soft bubble? Is it going to be a, a pretty hard, rigid bubble? You don't, you don't really know until you see what other people do. I mean, the results in other games matter. Uh, and Tennessee, to be honest, has put itself in a situation where – uh, it's going to matter what other people do as well. It's not just going to matter what Tennessee does unless Tennessee runs the table the rest of the season or goes and wins the SEC tournament. And, you know, I think a lot of things will happen. I think the next Hellbop Comet, uh, Haley's Comet, all those comments will probably come back to earth before Tennessee ever wins an SEC basketball tournament again. Uh, that's another topic for another day. But bottom line is Tennessee's put itself in a situation where I can't tell you they have to go 8-3. and three. I can't tell you they have to go 9-2, and 7-4. and four. 
I, I don't I don't really know because it's going to depend what other people do and it's going to depend what games Tennessee wins. But um, what's really troubling to me in this game is that Tennessee and John Fulkerson said it himself. He said during the interview, he said that he thought Tennessee played to its level of competition. And that's a really worrisome statement if that's true, because I think Tennessee did a lot more things well than it did badly at Kansas. I think Tennessee gave a really, really great effort in that loss and to me looked like a tournament team in that game. And then to turn around and and come do this the next game, to think that to think that you can back off a little bit because you had a close loss at Kansas, uh, that's bad. You know, this this team the past couple of years has really kind of run through the SEC and done a lot of good things in league play, um, but a lot of those guys are now playing in the in the NBA. A lot of those guys are now gone, and this team had not done nearly enough to think that it could get away with that. And and, and maybe they're just fatigued. Maybe it was a bad night. I, I don't know. But what I do know is that when Fulkerson said something like that that really kind of raised some eyebrows for me because I'll never question Fulkerson's toughness. That guy plays as hard as just about anybody I've ever covered in any sport, really. Um, but overall, um, there are some guys on this team who are very, very good rebounders. Josiah Jordan James had had 23, 24 minutes tonight, three rebounds. Uh, for him, that's not even remotely enough. Bowden had three. He's a big, strong kid. He needs to have more than that. Vescovi didn't have one. He was out there for 36 minutes and did not get a single rebound. Uh, Lamonte Turner is, what, three inches shorter than him and routinely got six, seven, eight rebounds when, when he needed them. Uh, these guys have got Eve, Eve Pond's three rebounds. How do you look like that and have three rebounds? There's just no excuse for that to happen. And, and if these guys thought that, that, that they could just kind of walk in here and win this game, that's really, really not good. No, and it's it's easy to get up for a game when you go to Allen Fieldhouse and it's as loud as it is and it's Kansas on the other side of the ball and it's uh, a storied venue like that and, and, and somewhere that you've seen, you know, so many games on TV and uh, when you're in that big-time kind of primetime spot. Uh, it's something else when you come home for a Tuesday night 6.30 game against a Texas A&M team that's, you know, where it is. It's They're, they're trying to build something under Buzz Williams. They're a 500 basketball team. Uh, obviously, they're the way they played. They're a confident basketball team. The way they, uh, you know, the way they played on the court and kind of celebrated their their, you know, small victories as that game unfolded, and you could feel as the game unfolded. The longer Tennessee didn't put this team away, the smaller and smaller chance Tennessee was going to have to find something in the end to to win the basketball game. But just this this basketball team all year, it's felt like from the start. They lost all their leaders clearly last season, and it just feels like this is a roster full of role players that's devoid of leadership. They have to have somebody step up uh, in these kind of games like they've had in the past and save them when they're not playing well. When when they went to Vanderbilt last year, the first game ranked number one and really played down to level competition at Vanderbilt, it was like a guy like Grant Williams saving them late. I mean, somebody... How many times over the last couple of seasons did they play poorly and somebody saved them late in the game? And, and you know, against Texas A&M, they shoot 45 times from the field and 22 are from three, and they're not a good three-point shoot, uh, shooting team by any metric. They were six for 22 from three. That makes them 15 for 23 from inside the arc, and they were just settling for those shots and not getting the ball inside uh, nearly enough. Fulkerson went, what, seven for nine from the field? 
Uh, Eve Pons went four for eight. How do those guys not get more touches, more shots, more opportunities in that kind of game? Because clearly that's the success you've had in the past is playing inside out. You have to have somebody that steps up and takes charge in that that, that instance where you're struggling uh, and not doing what you need to be doing and, and executing the game plan. And until they find that, they're going to be an inconsistent team uh, that surprises you with one performance uh, in a positive way and surprises you with the next performance in a negative way. Yeah, basically, I don't want to boil this down too simply, but but of all the different ways you can play the game, uh, you can essentially create open space and good looks a couple different ways. You can either kind of dribble drive and kick out and make plays that way, or you can do what Tennessee does, which is you run a lot of cuts, you run a lot of movement, a lot of action, you pass the ball around a lot, uh, you work it inside out, and you get a good shot that way. That's the way that Rick Barnes recruits those kinds of players. Those are the kinds of players he wants. That's the system that they have here. Uh, the problem is things break down. And when things break down late in the shot clock, how many times have we seen this? Other teams can just get the ball to a point guard or to if their wing or their two guards the best player and there's eight seconds on the shot clock, they kind of reset it, throw it out to the front, isolate that guy, and he just makes a play. Um, and Tennessee used to just give the ball to Grant Williams and get out of the way when things like that happened. Or they'd, they'd give it to Schofield, and, and he would do something, you know, or, or let Bone kind of penetrate and make a play. Or, or Lamonte Turner, he could also do that very well. Vescovi has that in his game a little bit right now, but he's still kind of catching up in a lot of ways. And, and you could see, man, he dazzled at times in this game. Uh, some, of the, some of the plays he can make, the way, he, the way he can see the floor. You know, Barnes wants him to play faster and for the system he needs to. But, man, that kid's got a special ability to do some things like that. But he's not doing them consistently. Uh, and Bowden is more of a catch-and-shoot guy in those situations. Uh, maybe he can come off of a back cut kind of and you can lob the ball to him. He's so athletic, you can do different things with him, but he's not kind of a clear out and get out of the way kind of guy. He's more of a catch and shoot guy than a seven, you know, creating his own shot kind of guy. They just need somebody when things break down. Eve Pons is a, is a catch and shoot guy. They just they need someone who can break things down, or they have to start shooting earlier in the shot clock because they had a couple of possessions tonight that were either shot clock violations or they might as well have been shot clock violations because they just got they got started too late they were just kind of passing the ball around the perimeter they didn't go inside out and then on the other end you see hey when, when A&M needed a play you know a guy like Wendell Mitchell will just create one on his own he probably walked when he hit that go-ahead three if we're being honest um, but he did that a couple times in the game he just made plays late in the shot clock uh, Tennessee doesn't really have that so there's a way for this team to play and win games and it exists it's not a figment of anyone's imagination this team can beat people when it plays the way it needs to play. Um, but that window, that margin for error is a little bit smaller than they're used to around here and a little bit smaller than it'll be next season if we're being honest with ourselves. So they have to find a way to win now. And to do that, there's just a certain way they have to play. And at this point, if they don't understand that going into every game, that's a huge concern. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, the window closing is you know, a good way to put it. Just time is running out. Uh, it is only January, but from the jump, the schedule, you knew it was backloaded. Uh, they've played, I mean, it was kind of funny the way the SEC schedule kind of started. It was like they kind of played the bottom four teams to start the SEC schedule. Then they kind of played the middle four teams, um, you know, after that, that first couple of weeks. And then it's like the last six, seven weeks of the schedule is so backloaded with the top of the SEC standings. And, and 
the fact is you got a home and home with Arkansas. It's going to be hard to split that, but you got to split it. Uh, you got a home and home with Auburn. It's going to be hard to split that, but you got to split it. You got a home and home with Kentucky. It's going to be really hard to split that, but you got to split it. And and they've beat Kentucky the last four years at home. Rick Barnes has never lost in Knoxville against Kentucky. Uh, so they found ways to win when they had far worse teams than this the first couple of years uh, when they struggled a lot more than this team has struggled. Uh, but it's just the inconsistencies has got to be maddening. I mean, a guy like Viscovi, like you talked about, somebody's got to step up and lead. And maybe it's him. Uh, he's a freshman. He's been here. You know, he was playing high school basketball, what, a month ago uh, in another country. And it's just, I mean, you go down the line. Jordan Bowden, he, he, he's had moments the last couple of weeks. Uh, played really well in the second half at Kansas after really doing nothing in the first half. Played pretty well in the second half in spurts uh, against Texas A&M after being really limited in the first half, just when it looked like Josiah James was kind of settling down, the game was slowing down, and he looked really kind of in command of, of this team and kind of running this offense. He plays poorly the last couple of games. It, it's just it keeps going back to inconsistencies, and it's hard to imagine they're going to find them as the schedule picks up the way it picks up. Yeah, the, the, there's a lot of things uh, about James the past couple of games. I, I mean – he had a couple spurts tonight where he plays the way he needed to play. He, he stepped up and hit a couple shots, um, but he turned down some looks that he just has to take. There's just so many little things that, that this team has to do better. And when I look at Jordan Bowden right now, and, and we just spoke with him again after the game, let's, let's be honest, no one's in a great mood when they lose. I mean, John Fulkerson was in a decent mood because he's just kind of – that's his personality. Uh, you know, he's never – he's just always kind of the same guy. Um, but when I look at Jordan Bowden right now, I look at a guy – who to me looks mentally exhausted. Uh, you can tell that this season is weighing on him. You can tell that that whole Lamonte Turner incident put a put the world on that kid's shoulders. And as talented a player as he is, and as absolutely great, not okay, not good, but as great of a kid as he is, uh, he's just not a, a natural leader necessarily you know he's happy to just kind of catch and shoot his threes and 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 kind of play his role play some defense which he does do really well he again played good defense in this game I thought um but I just look at him and, and he's just I mean he's just tired man I I don't know what they're going to do but they've they've got to get some juice back in him or or, or this is going to be a really rough month they do and I think he was 0 for 6 from 3 tonight before he made his first one, and it just happened to be a, a game-tying 3 with 124 left, I think. Uh, the way he got going in the second half, that was there was a big dunk. Uh, there was another cut to the rim where Vescovi found him with a really nice uh, kind of throw at a one-hand bounce pass uh, with his left hand, uh, and, and JB finished with an and one. I think he scored like seven or eight straight points for Tennessee. At one point, I mean – that's got to be what he does consistently is attack the rim. That's how he got going at Kansas. Uh, he obviously hit some threes with some su- success there in the second half. He's going to have to be a guy that just lives and dies by driving the basketball because, you know, whatever's happening, he's not shooting the ball well. He hasn't shot it well in a while. Uh, and it seems like he shoots it worse at home than he does on the road for whatever reason. And, yeah, I feel bad for the kid because this is his senior year. He's been a part of so much success at Tennessee, and he's helped Tennessee – uh, he helped build them the last couple of years into the program that it was, and now he's here with a bunch of young guys. Um, you know, Lamonte losing his teammate to, to surgery the way he did. All the per- personnel turnover and changes that he's been through uh, with these guys. Uh, you almost feel bad for him. You hope they make a run for somebody like him. Uh, but, man, the, the longer it goes, the tougher it's um, to imagine that he turns it around and that this team can turn it around. 
Yeah, I'll be clear about this. Tennessee would not have been nearly as good as it has been the past couple of years if not for Jordan Bowden. Uh, his defensive effort, the way he stepped up offensively in some games, just the calm presence that he was, that team had those past couple of years had a lot of fiery personalities on it. It needed a level dude like him. Uh, and he has done so much for this program to the point where no matter what happens down the stretch, um, it really shouldn't completely soil his entire career at Tennessee. He should be remembered really fondly, I think, for what he's done for this program. Uh, but it's just I don't know what it is, but he just – and actually here at home I think I do know what it is. You talked about the way he performs better on the road sometimes. This place right here – and it's not just Thompson Bowling. It's arenas across the country, in my opinion, that when you've got a big arena that's usually mostly full – and that crowd usually gives you a big jolt. The flip side of that is that's a lot more moans and groans when you're not playing well. And every time Bowden has a shot spin off or, or, or rim out or do whatever it's doing, because he had a couple tonight that did everything but go in, you can just hear the crowd moaning and groaning. And, and, and Bowden can say whatever he wants. I know that affects him. I know it does. You can watch him play at home and on the road, and I think you can see it affects him. So, um, but you're going to play some big games at home and home in the in the next couple of mo- weeks, and and you've next few weeks, I should say, and and you got to win them, and they got to figure that out. Uh, Grant, before we step away and and talk about this um, this Rick Barnes Mike Nance thing, I do want to. I guess mention one more thing before we discuss that. Actually, you know what? No, no, we're going to go ahead and discuss this first because we're going to discuss Mississippi State here at the end. Apologies for that. Uh, I'm kind of it's late here. We're 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 spinning wheels here, but I, I do think that this thing with Mike Nance does need to be mentioned late in the game. Uh, there were a couple calls that Tennessee did not get in this game that, in my opinion, it should have gotten. Uh, there, I don't know if you can say that's the reason Tennessee lost the game. I think when you get out rebound in 46-21, that's why you lost the game more than anything else. I think you have to look in the mirror first. But there were a couple tough calls there in the final five minutes and really before that that, 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 that really, really got under Rick Barnes' skin, you could tell. And, and he's talking to officials. And there was one thing late in the game that really, really bothered me. I think it bothered a lot of other people, too. Uh, Mike Nance, who's a veteran official, this is a guy who's done Final Fours, championship games. He's been around forever. Uh, he is walking toward Tennessee's bench and bumps into Rick Barnes. Just almost intentionally, in my opinion, looking at the, at the film, looks like he kind of intentionally walked into Rick Barnes and then started a confrontation with Rick Barnes, almost as if Barnes had bumped him. And Barnes is just standing there doing nothing. And that, I don't want to say it infuriated me, but it really, really bothered me, and you could tell it bothered Rick Barnes too, because uh, that's just absolutely not the way an official. If you if you go bump an official like that, you get a technical foul. That's how it goes. You might even get ejected if you go bump an official like that. But when he goes and does that to you, nothing happens. I don't like that. No, and Rick was standing there, and he kind of had a wide stance, and his his hands are on his hips, and his elbows are out, and I don't know what he's mad about in that moment, or what he's looking at out on the floor. But he's in front of the monitor, and clearly Mike Nance is walking towards the monitor. And Mike Nance sees him, and Rick sees Mike. And and it's just like Nance wasn't going to get out of the way. It's like a game of chicken that ended uh, with that contact on the shoulder. And the way Barnes whips his head around, uh, you can tell, obviously, how frustrated he is in that moment with that happening. But the way Nance kind of shot back at him is almost like, you got my way. Like, come on, man. I mean, you saw him standing there. You, you, it's plain as day uh, the path you were on and, and where Rick Barnes was standing. And and this is a guy that Saturday was at Texas A&M, and Kentucky fans were already hating him because he, 
he kind of showed up Ashton Hagens during that game, kind of trying to demand the ball back from Ashton. And when, when Hagens gave him the ball, Nance just rolled his eyes at him and, and kind of went on with his business, which uh, is in, there's no need to show up a kid, you know, in a game like that in the position you're in. And obviously Rick's not mad about, you know, he might be mad about a couple calls. Rick's the first one to say they deserve to lose this game because they got dominated on the boards the way they did. They're, you, you, it's not going to come down to whistles when you can't grab a rebound uh, the way they couldn't grab a rebound. But uh, it's obviously something that Tennessee's going to contact the league office. The league office is going to contact Tennessee. Obviously, Rick Barnes's phone rang during the SEC. I mean, sorry, during the press conference. It's not hard to connect the dots. So that's probably the office uh, calling them to start these discussions about what's going on here. And uh, Rick was mad. I mean, he's he's not going to – he obviously – he said it himself. He's not going to say what he wants to say. Uh, because he trusts that the league office will take care of it, but I'm sure he wanted to say some bad stuff. Even towards the end of his press conference, he said, i got to stop myself. I better stop here because I think he was going to go back down that road. Yeah, and again, you know, that that tripping call on Fulkerson, that's kind of a tough call, especially in that spot. It depends on which way you're looking at it, but but that – I don't think that was necessarily the correct call in that situation. Um, But, I mean, that's – that's a bang-bang call. It's sometimes going to go your way and sometimes won't. Uh, I thought it was pretty clear that the A&M player who hit the go-ahead three traveled. Uh, he took kind of two hops backward, which you which you can't do. It wasn't hilarious like the James Harden doing that four times, um, but he did it twice, and, and that's a walk, and it wasn't called, and that was a big spot in the game. Uh, there were a couple other kind of ticky-tack pushing fouls called on Tennessee, uh, which I think Barnes was – not happy with because of uh, kind of the flow of the game was not making those calls, and then they started happening late, and he didn't like that. But those are all cosmetic things kind of. You could see that in every game. You're not always going to like every call that's made. I think what really, really, really tipped him over the edge was that bump, and it should have because that's the kind of thing, Grant, that like especially when we're on the road, we do that to each other. Like we'll run into each other on purpose, you know. We'll, we'll kick the luggage across the terminal at the at the airport. We're just messing around. That's guys being guys. That's not a big deal. However, when you're in the heat of a basketball game late and you are not happy with an official already, and then he does that to you, that's a completely different thing. Uh, that's not something that that needs to happen. And and I, I think Barnes was not just talking about that bump. I think he was talking about other things in the game. Um, but we'll see what comes of that. Uh, you want my best guess on it though? absolutely nothing will come of it because you know why officials act the way Mike Nance did uh, against Kentucky and the way he acted against Tennessee in this game and and why Pat Adams has been a human turd for a decade now and it hasn't mattered um, because there are no repercussions for that. There is, they are not punished publicly. There is never anything done. We keep seeing the same guys out here year after year after year making the same bad calls and, and having the same attitude and absolutely nothing changes. It's like trying to teach a, 10-year-old dog to stop peeing on the carpet. It's 10-year-old dog. It's not changing. Nothing's going to change until these old guys, these refs, get out of the way um, because they've had their time, and I, I just I don't want to get going on that too much because I'll talk forever, and we're trying to uh, make this a two-segment podcast. But uh, you can't – you just – in no other profession could you be as bad as they are and have the attitude they have and never get punished for it? There's no other profession that I see that you can get away with that. So it's unfortunate, but that's life, and uh, we'll see what comes of that. But, again, my guess is absolutely nothing. Grant, Tennessee does now. This was a three-game stretch that I think we all agreed Tennessee had to go at least 2-1 and one during this three-game stretch. This was supposed to be the gimme. This was supposed to be the uh, – 
maybe not a tap-in, but like a three or four-foot putt. This is one you should make. This was the game they needed to win. And then they needed to split these next two, which are games at Mississippi State and at Alabama. We all know Tennessee's history at Coleman Coliseum. Tennessee just does historically just does not play very well there. They've not gotten a lot of wins there. Uh, and they've had a little bit more success at the hump. But I'll tell you, Mississippi State uh, is playing some good basketball right now. That's a team that kind of had been underachieving like a lot of college basketball teams. But that team went down to Gainesville and beat Florida on this same night that we're recording this podcast. So that's a team that's playing pretty good basketball right now. But on the other hand, does anything that happens in one game mean anything going into the next game in this league right now? I mean, not really. And you can look at Mississippi State, and they're kind of a, a perfect example of, yeah, they're playing really well right now. Uh, but obviously, you know, a month ago they went to Alabama and lost by 21. Uh, and then their next game out they went to LSU and probably should have won in Baton Rouge against the, the team that's on top of the SEC standings right now. Uh, lost 60-59. to 59. Uh, they blitzed Missouri uh, in Starkville by like 27, something like that, some crazy number. Uh, then they blitzed Georgia at home, uh, like 30, some crazy number. Uh, and then they beat Arkansas. They lost Oklahoma Saturday uh, in the Big 12 Challenge, and then they beat, go on the road and beat Florida tonight. You're not catching them at a good time, obviously. And, and Tennessee has had some success in that building over the years. Uh, but the way they're playing uh, and what they're doing right now, that's a really, really big challenge. Uh, and you'd expect a response from Tennessee after a game like this. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a long few days between that Texas A&M performance and a chance to do something at Mississippi State. But uh, that's a tall task. That's a, that's a steep hill to climb. And then Coleman Coliseum, like you mentioned, it is what it is. The last time Tennessee was there, it was 78-50. And Rick Barnes was pulling Grant Williams uh, and Admiral Schofield and benching them with like 10 minutes left in the game because their play was uh, so bad. And Colin Sexton was, you know, basically doing whatever he wanted. And I think Alabama dunked like 17 times in that game. It was insane. And then you come home to Kentucky, and that starts a stretch that, you know, we talked about earlier in the pod. Uh, you better find a way to salvage something on the road, even though it's going to be really, really tough. Uh, but you've put yourself in that position. Yeah, and they uh – uh it's almost like at times they're better at Rupp than they are at Coleman Coliseum. It's just kind of one of those weird things. But, you know, State, yeah, I mean, State's probably a team that could be in the field right now. I mean, they're they're, they're playing really good basketball. Um, but maybe the best thing for this team right now is going back on the road where they can just kind of focus on each other. I don't know the way that the schedule works out this week. Usually when you play kind of a Tuesday game and then a Saturday game, when you play a Saturday the week before, usually Wednesday would be your, your off day there because after a game like Kansas you've only got a couple days to get ready for this one so you kind of have to get in there and work I would imagine maybe tomorrow is the off day for this week but uh, we'll see if that changes after after this game I don't know it might but um, they got to take a day off at some point that's the NCAA rules Um, but whenever they go back in there and watch film from this game uh, that's not going to be a pleasant experience and and you know they said before that the the film study after that Georgia game really kind of got them going in a better direction and they were playing better ball so Maybe sometimes this team just has to walk across that electric fence and get shocked and then come back. I, I don't I don't know. But the bottom line is this, Grant. They, uh, they can't do this many more times uh, before they'll find themselves in a situation where they have to go in the SEC tournament. And if Tennessee's in a situation where it has to go in the SEC tournament, what, 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 <laughs> look at history, man. Yeah, it's uh... – it's yeah yeah you you basically just wipe that off as a possibility just by default because it's been so long and and this team especially with this team it is what it is it's a short bench it's an inconsistent team as we've uh, discussed at length but 
you, you better find a way to to start winning some games. That, that's the thing you you really don't want. And I think you can go back to uh, maybe Rick's first team at Tennessee is uh, you don't want it to turn into a tailspin and a lot of meaningless basketball played down the stretch because that's when it gets really tough. Uh, you don't want to you know one loss to turn into a three four game losing streak where you're uh, you're basically completely backs against the wall with you know three weeks left in the season. Uh, you need something to play for. And and that's a good point about Georgia. Uh, they went to Georgia and played one of their worst games of the season, and they bounced back and played some of their better basketball all, all year after that. So maybe uh, maybe that's in store, something happens like that. But uh, they're going to have to go out and show something because they didn't show anything against A&M. Regardless of what they show this weekend, uh, we will be there to experience it. We will be uh, live uh, from the hump on Saturday. We will have plenty of stuff to cover there. We'll probably uh, be able to uh, record a podcast, I think, after that game. Maybe, maybe not. It's going to be kind of a tough drive back there. But uh, uh, the way Kansas worked, we uh, we were on a plane like five seconds. It seemed like after the game ended, that was a that 5:45 a.m. flight back to Knoxville was uh, was was rough. But uh, we'll be there. Uh, and again. Thank you for joining us. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just the facts, just Tennessee news, you don't you don't want my corgi pictures, you don't want Grant's uh, horribly lame photoshops and, and all of his lowercase writing and just snide and uh, all of his disrespect toward the human race in general, and you just want... Tennessee news on social media, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247 or at facebook.com slash govals247. And if you want to go right to the source, if you want this podcast in written form, but even better, 24 hours a day and seven days a week, you can go to govals247.com and you can do that. And if you get an annual subscription, uh, you will get, as long as you have a subscription to us, you will have access the Rolls-Royce package to CBS All Access. You can see that new Star Trek uh, Picard series that's out on uh, only on CBS All Access. You can get that commercial free. Uh, you can get everything in the CBS catalog, all the movies, all the shows for the years. Uh, different movies come in every month. There's live sports, live SEC football and basketball, uh, NCAA tournament, uh, World Series of Poker, NFL football, obviously. Uh, you'll have UEFA Champions League here down the road. So a lot of reasons to go do that. And, and if you pay us, you don't have to pay them. So... Seems like a pretty good deal to me, right? Uh, Great deal, as Grant says from the Peanut Gallery. Guys, thanks, and we will see you uh, to talk Jay Graham and some other things here uh, before the end of the week. See you. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.